Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Billy Munger. Hi, I'm Johnny Herbert. And welcome back to Lift the Lid, the podcast that takes you around the world of Formula One. Today, though, a little bit different, yeah. there, Johnny. We've come to a, a special factory, a special place to me. That after my accident, I was here a fair few hours on a lot of days to get back to racing. We're here at the Carlin factory, yeah. sitting down and, and talking to, to Steph Carlin. Yeah, and it's, it's been fascinating, actually. Steph's got uh, a lot of experience in this in this world of of uh, formula racing yeah on track off track but when you come here you just see it's just there's trophies everywhere there's silverware there's everywhere there's trophies success. everywhere there's, there's cars hanging from walls from walls there's sebastian vettel's uh yeah yeah was that gp2 i think it was called yeah i believe days. so honestly yeah. there's Fantastic. you know this feels like a proper race team base doesn't it you feel like you know I don't know about you, Johnny. I feel like just turning up here this morning, I'm like, right, I want to get in a car. I want to be driving. It just inspires that out of you, which is, it's just a mega place to be. So yeah, really looking forward to, to this conversation. Yeah, pretty much so. And again, you just go through the couple of doors uh, in front of us and then you've got the, the bays where all the cars are. There's 12 racing cars sitting out there ready yeah. to go, Billy. All being I think we need on. to kit up. Yeah. Maybe have a little go around the front. There's a little, little, bit, so. a little bit of a road. We could have a bit of a thrash around. <laughs> but it's just wonderful. Great history this, this, uh, this place has got, this team. Yeah. Um, and I think there'll be a lot more success. Yeah, I remember after my accident, my first, um, first time getting in my British F3 car yeah. and trying the hand controls out, the clutch out, pulling up down and down here. the car park. <laughs> there you That's go. That's what we were doing. So Test yeah, this track. place is, yeah, it's seen a lot of action for me. Yeah, and it's nice for you because obviously it, it's it's close to your heart. Yeah, you, good you people. Get very well with good. with Steph and Trevor. Yeah, as well. They're good people. Good actually. people. Really nice people. So I can uh, I can understand how fond you are of returning here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation properly now. 
thanks for coming on to the podcast. Obviously, for those of you who don't know your backstory, do you want to kind of just give us a little bit of an insight into what your role is here at Roden Carlin and, you know, how you got to being here? I'm going to jump in first. Yeah. Okay. Are you a racing girl? Were <laughs> you always in, in, interested in the sport? Uh, yeah, I was always interested in the sport and that's kind of how I, I got into it. As a kind of a teenager, I used to love Formula One and I used to kind of save all of my money to be able to go to Silverstone on a Friday to watch the Grand Prix because I could never afford to do the whole weekend. And I used to kind of, um, you know, try and get pictures of all the drivers. Who is your favourite driver? Um, do you have one? <laughs> go on. <laughs> that would be um, probably DC. DC? <laughs> yeah. okay. That's not what I expected. <laughs> disappointed. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, so I was just a huge racing fan and also um, just really into cars as well, just into road yeah. cars and things as well. So anything automotive, motor racing, I just loved. And never really dreamed that I'd have the opportunity to work in it um, and managed to kind of navigate my way into it. And um, yeah, it's been kind of, just a dream, really. Where did that start then? Yeah. I did politics as a degree and, and, and kind of thought about doing Not politics. Not a bad thing to have, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's quite or about you as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I worked for the, uh, my first job out of uni was for the trade association for the motor industry, so yeah. um, SMMT. Um, and that was great because it combined kind of a little bit of politics and stuff, but also um, some PR, and it was it was automotive, so it was kind of, you know, talking about cars all day long, which was just amazing. And from there, I managed to kind of get a job in a championship called A1 Grand Prix, which was at that point just starting, so I was part of the process of kind of that being established um, and, and racing around the world, and I was press officer in that championship. And that was incredible. I got to yeah. work with so many people that were just gave great advice and, you know, were just really generous with their time and experience. And um, people like Anne Bradshaw, you know, she yeah, really mentored me. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah and on my first day, she gave me the job to, inter- to interview several of the, the seat holders, as they were called, basically the team principals. And that included John Surtees, um, Emerson Fittipaldi, Nicky Lauder, <laughs> and <laughs> Alan Jones. And that I was, was just day. like, my mind was blown. So <laughs> it was amazing. So, you know, I kind of got to meet lots of people and, and really kind of learn a lot. And then from there, I, I kind of got the job at Carlin, originally as kind of PR manager, press officer, and really built up, you know, that kind of media side to the team um, that, what you know, didn't really exist so much at that point. And then from there, kind of got more involved in the business. So kind of from a commercial point of view, um, working alongside Trevor on trying to, and getting the drivers in and doing all the contracts, um, being responsible for those and kind of negotiations, working with the sponsors, um, just kind of all the commercial aspects of the team. Um, and then in the last few years, that's kind of grown further to include being involved more kind of operationally and technically. So because I've you know, worked in the, in the junior formulas for so long, you know, managed to kind of gather quite a good understanding of everything and the drivers. So now I work with the engineers and the team managers and kind of try and, I'd say, really take advantage of the size of the team and the best practices that might exist in the individual race teams and bring all of that together to make sure that we have a good and better standard across the board and that the people that are working here kind of have what they need and have the best environment to try and, you know, do what they need to do. So that's been actually probably the most rewarding part of my career so far is working with the, the engineers and the team managers actually to increase performance. So I find that 
that exciting. Yeah. You haven't mentioned drivers, because there's a list here. I can see your <laughs> Hall of Fame on your, on your website. Alan van der Merwe, Antonio Felix de Costa, Antonio yeah. Giovinazzi, Bruno Senna, Carlos Sainz Jr., Max Chilton, <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo, Daniel Giviat. Anthony Davidson, Felipe Nasser. You can see one on the side of this Colin guy. Herter, yeah, yeah. Jamie Algasari, Jean-Eric Verne, Joseph Newgarden. Uh, it feels surreal when it's you like hear all those names that Carlin as a team have you know, worked with and to see where these drivers have, you've managed to get them to. It shows like what the team's capable of in terms of delivering mm. results for these yeah. up-and-coming drivers. It, it, I think it shows what the team's capable of, but it also shows an incredible level of consistency because it's, it's gone on for so long. And to be able to stay at that level is really hard. Every season is a reset. I think one of Trevor's strongest points is his just resilience to just keep doing it. And he's been, you know, in in that respect, he's taught me a lot about just, you know, you can't ever, you know, drop the ball or relax. You just have to keep pushing. And that's, that's what brings a driver's season after season. And, you know, to be a small part of the story of, you know, your Sebastian Vettel's and Dan Ricardo's and Lando Norris's and all these people. Billy Mongers. <laughs> well, that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. That was a lot. Of, it's just, you know, it's, it's quite a privilege to have been part of that process yeah. and to have that relationship and be able to enjoy watching them, you know, go on and achieve the things that they have. Yeah. What's the most difficult part of your job, do you think? Most stressful um, part? <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the most difficult parts is managing expectations to an extent because we put everything in place that we can. We have some incredibly talented people. We try and put in the resources that we need to. But at the end of the day, we're a sport and there's many things that you can't control. And that could be um, you know, accidents on track. It could be weather. It could be a sporting decision. And then, of course, there's the great variety of driver abilities as well. So... I think it's it's trying to kind of manage expectations of our customers, essentially, of our sponsors and, and things. But it's also trying to manage the expectations of the drivers as well, because, you know, we certainly find that a driver's mental approach is worth far more time than any car setup change that we can make. So keeping drivers pos- positive and motivated and and kind of getting realistic goals for them to achieve is hugely important in how their season's going to pan out. So I think being on top of that is actually quite a tricky one. And there's also a bit of a new category that, you know, you're now involved mm. with, Extreme E. Mm. You know, tell us about how that came about, you know, being involved with, you know, Lewis Hamilton's team that he's got set up in that. Yeah, I mean, that was an interesting call when that one came in. <laughs> like, would you be interested? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we basically um, had a call from um, kind of Lewis's management team and they were looking at changing slightly the ethos of um, X44 for the mm. 2023 season. Obviously, they're reigning champions in Extreme E and they had, you know, Sebastian Loeb as one of the drivers who's just complete legend. Yeah. Um, but they were looking at, at changing their approach slightly. So it's still very much about performance. It has to be. Any race team has to be focused on performance and trying to get the best result. But they also wanted to look at kind of creating a team that was about nurturing talent in and out of the car. So um, they appreciated that at, Carl, at Road and Carlin, we have a, a record of not only developing drivers, but also the mechanics and the engineers and the team personnel 
you know, they're also feeding up through to, to Formula One and I the top levels. I can vouch for that, having stepped up into the world of Formula One a bit. I yeah, see you keep loads seeing of people, mechanics, right? you yeah. know, mm. that used to work here at Carlin that are now, my old mechanic in British F3, Robbie, now works for Alpine. So there's, they're, they're dotted oh, yeah. all over oh, the yeah, F1, always, you know, grid. Always are. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's one thing that we're really good at is kind of putting, you know, um, good systems in place to help people develop. And um, X44 are really interested in that. And Lewis is very passionate about um, increasing diversity in the sport and, and doing that in a way that actually produces results rather than just talking about it. So one of our big roles at, in that team is to, you know, we've, we've found a racing for all candidate who is from a diverse background and, and given him an opportunity to, to be in the, in the championship, to be in the sport. Um, and I'm working closely with Stephanie Travers, who's deputy team principal, to kind of help her develop as well. And she's incredible and often um, leads me in terms of her experience of Extremely. And there's other personnel in there, and it's just about kind of, um, you know, developing that and giving those people the best opportunity that we can. And that's, I think, what X44 thought we'd be we'd be good at. So that's how that's kind of evolved. Yeah, because the Extreme Me is interesting, isn't it? Because you've sort of got a man and a woman in the same car, swapping over as it goes <laughs> through. But then it goes a little bit further with you, with F- F1 Academy. And yeah. women in motorsport, especially say, getting into Formula you're One. You're involved in just a few championships yeah. at the minute. Not yeah. only all the junior categories that have been around for a while, F4, British F3, FIA F3, F2. Now yeah. we've got Extreme E, that role there with Lewis's team and F1 Academy too. Yeah. Do you yeah. How do you balance your time? Um, it's, it's just about kind of prioritising really and... and um, Extreme is quite a kind of protracted season. There's five events stretched almost across the whole calendar year. So, um, you know, that that provides its own downsides. It's kind of hard to get momentum going a little bit with mm-hmm. the events. Um, F1 Academy, um, you know, there's, there's slightly more and it's kind of a more traditional motorsport season. And, that, and that's been great to be involved in. Yeah. And, you know, the people involved in that know what they're doing. It's, you know, the same promoters as F3 and F2. Um, that have put it together and then we've got Susie Wolf involved as well now who you know she is the perfect person to take on that role she knows it from a team perspective she knows it from a driver's perspective she's um she knows F1 um so she's um she's really helped bring it all together and make it into something of substance rather than just lip service or, or box ticking I think which is quite easy to do it you know it actually has some substance behind it so yeah. we've been really excited to be involved in that it's been it's been fun to set yeah. that up, and, and the FAA and Michelle Mouton is she sort of part of part of it, or is she? I think it's very much F1 Academy is very much an F1 initiative rather than than FIA at the moment. You know, F1 have really um, kind of put a, a marker in the in the sand really on that one in terms of investing in it and contributing to the drivers' um, budgets, which yeah. is kind of quite unheard of. I think yeah. we all know how mm. hard it is for drivers to get exactly. budgets and yeah. they just address that head on. Yeah. Um, so I think it's more of an F1-led um, initiative at the moment, um, but they're really kind of, you know, literally putting their money where their mouth is to, to make it work. Yeah, well, it's a great opportunity, isn't it, for, for females to, to get involved in the bubble of F1. We know we had the W Series before, but, you know, how long do you think it is before we were sealed? Uh, a woman, female, get in a in a cockpit of a Formula One car. Um, I think, I mean, there's some really talented um, women in F1 Academy at the moment, but I think. I mean, you've got Abby Pullen, who's yeah, uh, particularly strong. Absolutely, yeah. she's been, you know, in yeah, W Series, she showed some great pace, and she's done plenty of other categories mm-hmm. aside from that as well. She has, and she's a proven race winner. 
Um, and actually, you know, two of our drivers have, have won races in, um, you know, combined championships against against men and boys. So, um, you know, they're, they're proven drivers. But I think in terms of a, a female to get to Formula One, I don't think that's, you know, the work of a, of a moment. And for me, F1 Academy is an amazing initiative and it's already producing results. And because it's run by five of the top junior teams in the world, you know, five F2, F3 teams, the investment in those girls is much greater than it's been before because those, you know, we all want to beat each other. We've all got test cars, we've all got simulators, we've all got, you know, engineers. The the girls are all working with the same engineers every, every weekend and there's real investment in, like, increasing their potential and, like, helping them develop. Having said that, the real benefit of F1 Academy will probably be for the girls that aren't even racing yet because it's a shop window, it's a showcase for what is possible. Yeah. And as talented as the women are that are in it at the moment, they are really kind of helping pave the way. And I think that we, we shouldn't judge it on, you know, will the winner of this year's F1 Academy go on to F3, F2 and F1? Because that's so hard anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, it's a tiny, you know, the pyramid gets smaller and smaller and the, the odds mm. get, you know, you know, stacked against you the higher up you get. But it will have an impact but it shouldn't Definitely. be judged on whether that happens in 2024, I don't No, think. no, no, sure, no. But I think it's great because I think it's a great opportunity to see them grow, like you said. It will take a bit of time, but it will happen, I think. Yeah. There are a lot of ingredients in you you young females that is probably more beneficial than what <laughs> we have as men <laughs> cool, in many respects. So there's a lot yeah. of positive stuff that's there, but you've got to have that chance. You've well. got to have and the it's chance. early days. It's yeah. early days of it. You've got to have the chance and you've got to have the right approach. And yeah. I think to pretend that I know a, a, a 17-year-old female driver has all the same attributes and, you know, strengths as a, as a, a male equivalent is a bit, you know, naive and, you know, we shouldn't kid ourselves. Mm. We are different. And I think it's about making the most of the differences. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that, you know, is a, is a weakness, um, you know, physiologically, a, a 17-year-old woman's never going to be normally as strong as a 17-year-old man. So let's, you know, face that head on. Yeah and train around it and compensate for it. I think, you know, we, we, equality doesn't always have to mean the same. Um, so we should just kind of, you know, work on what we need to do, what we need to focus on and, and use the benefit of, of, the, of the resources around us, really. So yeah. F1 Academy does that, I think. It's, yeah. it's pretty realistic in its approach. Steph, don't go anywhere because we're just going to have a short break. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. Steph, I want to jump back in and sort of bring it back to, to you. Obviously, when I spent time with Carlin and those few years racing, you took on a different role for me in terms of, you know, helping me, you know, acquire sponsorship and kind of, you know, helping manage me and put me in the right direction with my own career. You, you play a lot of different roles here. What do you think is your, your best attribute that you've had to learn over the years, that something that serves you well in the world of motorsport? Um, it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, probably trying to be a good communicator is, is quite a a useful tool that spreads across many different facets of what we do. You know, in, in your case, it was um, reaching out to people and, and, and forming a, a program for you and, and talking to sponsors and potential investors and things like that. And we know how hard that was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in a race team, it's about, you know, bringing people together and, and, and talking to, to drivers and sponsors and making sure they're happy and then talking to the team and, and helping them kind of realize and work with issues that they may have and you know engineers in particular are a very clever bunch of people but they're not always the best communicators <laughs> and and drivers can be very passionate um, and it's a very emotive sport and sometimes you know they might struggle to communicate and, and the relationship between driver and engineer and engineer to engineer is it's all about you know the more that we're communicating the more that we're talking the more that we're spreading knowledge and information and we're doing that really efficiently and really quickly in a race environment um, is, is super important. So I think that's one skill that is quite important that I've used across the board. Just being um, able to communicate. And, yeah, yeah, and being able to juggle many different projects as yeah. well yeah. Um, has been quite key. Yeah, and you talk about the different projects that have been involved with Carling, of course, now of Rodin and the investment that you've got. How important is that? Because everyone thinks motorsport, there's loads of money, teams come to teams, they give you load of, loads of money and it's easy. It's not easy, is it? But yeah. this investment is something that's obviously going to aid you for the future. No, absolutely. It's really not easy at all. Um, and it kind of goes back to what, what I said about, you know, you can never relax. You have to keep pushing. Mm. There's some incredible teams out there and, you know, they're always looking for new ways to be better. And, you know, just like Formula One is, is often kind of money talks in terms of, you know, building their cars and everything like that. We, we have a, a factory full here of, of spec cars. You know, they are, you know, provided to us. Sing, um, our single seaters are all, you know, one spec. Um, and so the margins become even smaller and you have to keep pushing. And if we've all had the same car for three, four seasons, you know, the, the, the room to kind of find the trick or this or that gets even harder. So you just have to keep, you keep pushing, keep looking and, and keep pushing to be better. And that's, that's, that's a really hard thing to do. Um, and it's really, really key. And Rodin, what Rodin do yeah. is, 
they have kind of reinvigorated the team. And, and David Dicker, who um, owns Road and Cars in New Zealand, he's so passionate about um, motorsport, but he's such an innovator as well. He's very creative. And his ambition is just for, you know, for Road and Carlin to be the top choice in every championship that we do. And that kind of passion and drive really drives everybody else as well. And, um, you know, from a, a team management point of view, having that behind you is a really great kind of tool and, and a kind of motivating factor. So I think, you know, what lies ahead for us as a team is, is quite an exciting period. Yeah. And, and talk about the season so far, because obviously we're getting to like the mid stage of, of most of these championships now. How do you kind of assess the season so far? How's it, how's it going across all the different championships? Are you happy with the progress that's being made? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit mixed because we, have, we appear in so many. Yeah, um, hard to keep track. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to keep track. Um, I think the British F4 team are doing a fantastic job. We've got Louis Sharp, who's returned for a second season and is, you know, kind of came into the championship as a, as a title favourite. He was sponsored by Roden Carlin, wasn't he? Ro- before yeah, so he is a Roden Cars driver yeah. anyway and fully sponsored by Roden Cars. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was an existing link, um, which is really nice to, to still have. Um, so he's doing a great job, but we've also got some really exciting rookies and, and, and F4, and, and you'll know this, that is, you know, a place where those kind of stars just emerge and it's mm-hmm. quite exciting. It's that first step into cars, out of karting for most of them. Mm. Um, so it's a really exciting point in their career. And we've got, you know, we're doing pretty well, one races and, you know, kind of think second and third, I think, in the championship at the moment, having mm-hmm. just lost the championship lead. But they're doing a great job, really great job. Um, F1 Academy, obviously that's, you know, new. We've put together a team that's new there. We, um, we've been really quick in that. We haven't, you know, I don't feel that we've quite delivered. We haven't quite got the results to show um, for the pace that we've had. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we definitely need to work on, team and drivers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think all the ingredients are there for us to kind of push on with that. And then we've started Spanish F4 as well, oh, right. wow. um, which, is, which is new for this year. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's always quite scary. It's a car that we know. It's, a, it's the same F, Tatus F4 car. Yeah. But it's a, you know, it's a slightly different championship, different tyres, different competitors, different circuits. And, you know, as a British team, making that step over into a European championship is always a little bit of an unknown. Where, where did that come from? Where was the, the need to step into Spanish F4 with everything else going yeah. on. We just wanted to give our drivers that option to do a European programme as well. You know, the, the F4 Tatus car is, is a great learning tool, but, you know, we were only in Britain, which is amazing. You know, it's on the British Touring Car Package. It's so well promoted. There's so much track time. I mean, they're out every week. But we didn't have that European option as well for drivers that maybe wanted to come with Road and Carlin but wanted to do it in Europe or maybe drivers that wanted to combine a programme and, and do a bit of both and learn some of the European circuits too. So it was just a bit of a gap in our programmes really. So we decided to do that this year and actually the team have gone in and been competitive from the start. So that's really positive. You know, I think we've, we're quite, we've shown we've got some really good foundations to build on there. GB3 um, also doing you know really well and that doing really strongly got some poles and got some wins and podiums and things there so that's you know continued to be a really strong championship for us and then we have FIF3 which I absolutely firmly believe is the most competitive championship in the world it's brutal <laughs> it's crazy yeah. isn't I mean it? you can have an okay day and be 15th sure. yeah. yeah I couldn't believe you can have a good day and never score a point yeah, yeah. last time I had Barcelona commentating on it with 30 cars on the grid yeah. like you say it's 
the margins in qualifying, we're, we're talking 10th would drop you from, you know, yeah. being in the top five well, that's to being in the it. top that's, 20. That's what you want, it's, it actually. Yeah, I, I bet it's a good thing, you know, because it's so competitive, so it kind of proves the best, but equally as a team, you as must team. sometimes be there like, we don't feel like <laughs> no, anything's happened, like gone no. wrong, and yet a couple yeah. of attempts yeah. has meant our it's weekend's really over hard. almost sometimes. It's, it's absolutely really, really brutal, that championship. <laughs> and this, you know, like you said, it's, it's not just the volume of the cars, it's the margins just mm. tiny. Mm. Um, so we continue to try and make, you know, kind of make progress on that. That, that team is running operationally really well now. We've, we've made quite a few changes. And Sam Wackles really leading the way, isn't Yeah, he? your old team manager, uh, Sam, is leading team now. Team boss Sam, yeah. Right. Done a great He'll get job. another one. Whipped into shape for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, it's been uh, that team's running really well now. So I think they're just a few steps away from that kind of properly coming together. Um, and then F2, um, you know, really strong again. We've consistently proved that we've got a strong F2 team. And we've got Enzo, um, who's kind of come into the team mm. um, as kind of the more experienced driver and has, you know, shown absolute flashes of pace. And, you know, his racing is often quite exciting to watch. He's had a really good couple of podiums. Mm. I think he's probably had a bit of bad luck as well. We've not seen kind of like, you know, quite what he's capable of yet this season. Um, but he's definitely building up momentum. And he's, he's teamed with Zane Maloney, who is a, you know, really exciting rookie. Yeah. And Zane's Runner having up in F3 last year. Yeah. Absolutely. And Zane's having the season that we expected him to have. You know, that combination of like flashes of it all absolutely working. And then, you know, maybe the odd mistake or not quite getting it together. He had all of his laps disallowed in Barcelona, which put him at the back of the grid and really mm. compromises your, your weekend. But he's just making the most of every weekend and he's learning and the potential is there and he's he's shown it. So um I'm excited for for him and what he can achieve. And then Extremey, um, we've had two rounds so far. Um, we won our first qualifying heat in Saudi, and then last um, last time out in Scotland, we won um, the final. We won our first kind of major final, so that was really great to do that with a, a less experienced driver lineup than they had last year. Do you go out to all the extreme e events yes. yourself? Oh right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm. What's that like? The whole setup that they've got there, because it's very different to you know turning up at the same race circuits that we yeah. always compete at. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. So um, I am the, the first female team principal in Extremely, so that's that's really exciting. That's a nice accolade. Yeah, that's, yeah, good, yeah. that's an exciting thing to, to have <laughs> and a real privilege um, to help lead that team. People say, what's Extreme E like? And I just say, it's extreme. And it literally <laughs> is because <laughs> it's absolutely mental. Um, it's a really good group of people running it and it's... That what they do is just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when we went to Saudi as the first event, it was just incredible what they'd managed to put together. And at the last one in Scotland, it was a disused coal mine. And you just go and you just think, how how are they making this work? And you know, the, the I mean, a track walk in extremely is like nothing I've ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the photos are just ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So um, it. Extreme is really interesting. You know, it's very much about kind of an environmental perspective. Yeah. But actually, for me, what I really like about it is, and you mentioned it before, Johnny, almost as a side note, they have produced one of the most equal paddocks in all of motorsport because it is the male and female driver. And at no point does that feel like anybody's compromised anything. You know, the drivers are amazing. Yeah. And in X44 um, with Christina Gutierrez, we've got like, she's just fab and she you would not want to race against her she's just so determined so that's a really nice thing about extreme it's just, it's a nice paddock to work in as well but yeah pretty, pretty extreme yeah. pretty extreme it's interesting though because i remember when i first watched it 
I always thought the, the young ladies weren't quite sort of comfortable with it. Watch it now. Yeah. It's a very different world now. Being Again, it's just so competitive. Opportunity. Yeah. Well, it's, I and it's got having a chance, that chance to drive an extremely car a few years ago. Yeah. And it is nothing, there's nothing I've driven quite like it. You know, sure. it is, you know, completely out on its own. They're beasts. Yeah. So, you know, it's gonna, it was going to take time for everyone to think to get to grips with it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it's good. It's just, it's just great to have that. Something that we don't see in anything else, I don't think, anyway, where there is just that, that, yeah. that and man and woman in the we, same vehicle. Brilliant. And we rocked up and we were like, yeah, we need bigger spanners. It's like, it's <laughs> <laughs> this is a different scale. There's a little bit of that. Raising the ride height by one mil is not going to do anything. <laughs> no, um, not at all, no. Yeah, so it's, that's, with all, it's with all the various formulas you're involved with, is there one that you go... I've got a soft. I've got a soft spot for this one. Is there any? Is there? It's like being asked to pick your favourite children. Like, <laughs> Pressure's um, on. <laughs> um, I guess I quite like you know the, the bookend. I, I like F four British F four because it's just real kind of. It feels a bit grassroots motorsport, but it's not. It's yeah. very professional still. Sure. But it's on that incredible touring car package, and you know the fans are there, mm. and it's got a real feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I also really love F2. You know, I think it's just that that bit, you know, it's kind of like the door to F1, we knowing call it. Knowing how close they are. Yeah, knowing point, how close yeah. they are. The edginess to it. The edginess well. to yeah. it. You know, the people that work in it, you know, yeah. have to be really good. The pit stops, um, you know, even like when you hear the theme tune on the TV, you're like, okay, it's F2. <laughs> and then when you're sitting there on the pit wall watching it, it's, you know, it's the, there's a lot at stake. And it's it's an expensive championship for the drivers mm. and the sponsors. It's the you know it's right there that F1 teams are watching. Mm. You know, it's the stakes are high, so and the cars are awesome. So I, I quite like that one as well. Okay, here's a tough one for you then. F4 and F2. Have you got any a driver from each category that you think will make it to F1? Who, who are you picking? <laughs> oh no <laughs> way! <Really? laughs> I like your style. Direct. <laughs> right. I don't I'm know. <laughs> It's, it, that's really hard because mm. it's not ever in their control. You know, mm. we've got drivers before that I've thought, and Trevor will absolutely say the same, you know, they should be in Formula One and it doesn't happen. Yeah. And we've got drivers that haven't even got, you know, up the, up the grid that should have, up the ladder that should have done, you know, and that, that's quite frustrating as well. And the stars have to align. Even budget and talent isn't enough. You know, there's got to be a seat available at the right yeah, time and right it's politically yes. going to fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'd say that's really hard. I would never have said at the start of last year that Logan would be in an F1 seat yeah. now. And that's not because, you know, he wouldn't have been good enough, but nobody expected, Williams didn't expect for that to happen so yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to pass. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically my pass. Come out of that one. <laughs> yeah. It's been a pleasure to sit yes. down and chat with you. Looking Very forward insightful. to seeing, you know, where you, you know, help lead the team in the next few years. It's going to be a, a big couple of years coming up. Yeah, it is. It's going to be fun. Though, it will. Well. It's always going to have to be fun. <laughs> that's for sure. It's always fun. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Thank you. Now that was a good chat with Steph. Really, 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 really enjoyed that one. A lot of information one. about yeah. what she does. Yeah, obviously know Steph on a personal level from how yeah. involved she was in, in my, my career and my time here with Carlin. Uh, so I know the work rate she's got, you know, the dedication to the sport. And it's nice to kind of actually allow her to, to say all that and to, to hear it. And hopefully people at home can now understand, you know, a little bit more about, you know, 
what that role involves. Yeah, I, and again, from a young lady getting involved with motorsport and then getting herself into this situation. Um, and it just shows that, you know, if you're determined enough as a young lady, you can achieve a lot of good things. Yeah, no, it's really, I think that it's the passion for me, isn't it? You know, hearing someone like Steph and hearing about, you know, how she used to save up money to go to the Formula One yeah. herself as a fan. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, that you need that level of passion to be successful, in my opinion, in motorsport. You need to want to be involved in it because it's such a hard business and it's such a, you know, a cutthroat sport in a lot of ways. Yeah, and again, it just shows that, you know, even with us as drivers, you know, we have to have that ability to get the best out of ourselves. And I think Steph is in exactly the same way. Motivation at the end of the day. Yeah. She's got a lot of it. We had a lot of it. And there's a lot of fans out there as well. Yeah, I'm excited to see where uh, Rodin Carlin as a team yeah. go under that, her leadership, you know and her you know, steering that, the, the ship. I think it will be exciting times for, for the junior team. But yeah, it was a great conversation. Absolutely loved it. Well, that's us from you know, here at Carlin. We'll be back next week with some more Lift the Lid. So, you know, keep an eye out and stay tuned. This has been a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.